You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, use the hashtag WFI Projects on Instagram, and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That's like a burrito. I love burritos. Into the podcast, you're listening to the Work For It Project. Wait a minute. The what? <laughs> We're just you're, going straight into Work For It Projects already? The hashtag already? I've had a day, Brian. I, I can't even <laughs> tell you. I, it, it's been a day. It's been a day. I have, uh, real quick, Dr. Brian Cohn, uh, a.k.a. Sharp Santa, Ph.D., <laughs> and um and and Brian House on the Work For It podcast, we are mm-hmm. expecting uh Ben Ben Jamin Butler to join us very soon. Make this um, the Triple B podcast once again. The Triple B podcast back in the house. And absolutely. Um, so uh, today, my worst fear came <laughs> to fruition. Oh yeah, what's that? My workshop caught on fire. Holy shit. And when I say <laughs> caught on fire, like, I mean it. Like, I could not see where I was. Uh, I had to empty a fire extinguisher onto it to oh stop it. Oh, my gosh. Um, and <clears throat> uh, it was – here's what I'm going to say is that m- some of this was my fault. I mean, I I had been using this configuration for a long time, but my plasma cutter right above or like I would say probably about six feet away Mm -hmm. from my plasma cutter is a just a simple dust filtration system Mm -hmm. and that what had happened was I was having trouble with my plasma table and I and it was trying to uh, pierce and it wouldn't pierce this thick steel I'm making some like really thick plates all right and when that happened, it started malfunctioning and it locked up and it threw sparks like mm. everywhere, you know, all over the place. And oh, man. So I shut everything down. I'm troubleshooting, trying to figure out, okay, 
what's what happened here. And I've rebooted my computer. I've rebooted the plasma cutter and the table and, you know, just shut everything down and whatever. And then I'm standing there and I just see fire. And mm-hmm. and it, I see fire as in like, like, uh, like, like the back end of an F-16 <laughs> fighter jet. Oh my- Backdraft. <laughs> yeah, it was a full on, it was a full on, like when someone takes a coal iron forge and puts a hairdryer mm-hmm. to it, that's what it looked like. Holy and, cow. And I was at first very confused. Yeah. I was like, what? It, why? You were unintentionally it, Alex Steele for a second. Those things oh have a God. filter in them? Is that? Did that? Well, yeah. So what had happened was a spark must have gotten up in there and landed in the in that filter, and it was just smoldering probably for a few minutes. Yeah, it, it was probably twenty some odd minutes, thirty minutes later, because I hadn't the table didn't even work. I couldn't even get the table to function. But it's sucking so in the air too, right? It's sucking yeah. in the air and it's pushing it through. So it, and then of course there's dust in that filter. Oh yeah, right. So. Yeah. It just decided. It probably would have burned itself out. And like the more I think about it, yeah. it probably just would have extinguished itself. But in the initial thought was, "That's a lot of fire." Like that's <laughs> fuck me know, running. For, yeah. So I I grab. Let me just say this. I just three months ago got all of my my fire extinguishers recertified. Great. Which. You're supposed to do once a year. So if you have a fire extinguisher, like an ABC fire extinguisher, it needs to be recertified by a certified fire person, right? They come around. I really think that this is a good opportunity for everyone who's a maker. First of all, make sure you have an adequate fire extinguisher handy. And second, get it recertified every year because, I mean, this is crazy. What happens is... The, the those things have powder in them, right? And that powder mm-hmm. gravity is, you know, pulling that powder down towards the mm-hmm. bottom, and it gets compacted. So what these guys do when they recertify them is they essentially just, you know, make fluff sure that there's up. pressure. Yeah, and they fluff it up, and they make sure there's still gas in there to, 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 you know, push the pressure out. Here's what I'll tell you: I don't know for sure if it would have burned itself out. It may yeah. have, like the the ceiling, which is about six inches away from this device is all plywood. So it could have caught mm, on fire. Yeah. And right above that was my wood storage. No, so like all no. my, oh, so no. it was like the worst possible place for a fire to start because yeah. granted it could have, it could have burned itself out and it might've and whatever. And, and just to give you a frame of reference, once I clean everything up, the ceiling wasn't even black or anything. Yeah. So I, but you thank know, God I'm you were very, there. Very beneficial. You know, I was yeah. there and here's what, but here's what got really scary. So when I blasted the fire mm-hmm. in the in the filter, it put it out, but the motor never died. Oh. So it took the the dust from the fire extinguisher and just Chuck. slung it everywhere. Oh. You know, just mm. basically filled my grind room with white and yellow powder. <laughs> I I had two advantages. One, I had a, a respirator on hand right Lovely. away. Yeah. I had a working fire extinguisher that was recertified that I knew when I pulled the, the pin, it was going to function. And it did, thank God. And then uh, I have I have extensive fire training. So I went through Fire Academy in 2007. So nice. I knew that fires have a tendency to rekindle. I have a question, Brian. And this one did. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Is there a hat that you? I was <laughs> just gonna say that too. <laughs> uh, I don't wear a dunce hat. Yeah, right. Okay. Sure. Cool, t- cool. I should today after today. Oh man! But like, I, it, this is partially my fault. I will say that I have cut hundreds and thousands yeah. of inches of plasma on that table with no issue. Well, that's this was right. just kind of a freak occurrence where the table, you know, wasn't really functioning. Yeah. Real quick, let me just tell you something else, and this is this is something that a lot of people don't know. You think the fire is out when it in fact is not. No. So you take a minute, you you take, I took the fire extinguisher, I unloaded half of it. I stood there, I waited for a minute, I got out of there because it was so smoky in there and filled my entire shop. By the time I had done that, my entire shop was a no, like a, I had no visibility, none yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. So any, I was tripping over things. I had a respirator on, thank God. So I was not breathing in any smoke or any of the fire mm. extinguisher. I walked outside. I opened my door. I set a fan in front of my door to blow the air out. Yeah. Then I went immediately next door and I grabbed my buddy Jeff and my buddy Kenny, and they were my wingmen. I had them standing outside when I went back in. In case something were to happen to me, they would know I was in yeah, there. Yeah, don't go mm-hmm. back in alone. Don't you really shouldn't go back in alone, but they didn't have any PPE or anything on. Yeah. So I just said, like, hang keep here talking. for a minute. Yeah. Keep talking to me. I'll go back in. I rushed back in. The fire had rekindled itself. Holy cow. And it was now burning like up through the metal on the top of the filter. Yeah. Mm. I grabbed the fire extinguisher again. I emptied it on there and it was out finally. Well, um, but even after the second deployment of the fire extinguisher, there were still charred ash that was down inside that filter. Geez. That's how strong wow. that fire had gotten. Do you and, do you uh, think? Yeah, uh, so. Do you think that the? Uh, I w- I'm just thinking that all that metal shavings, right? All the little metal dust particles. Uh, That's what folks I think might too. not mm. realize this, but steel wool is like the best tinder for starting fires and you know in the wilderness or whatever you you keep a little tin of steel wool in your pocket and you can start a fire anywhere I, I, yeah with a nine volt battery yeah, you can start right. a fire you'd have to yeah, think that absolutely. that shit just kept it going but you have a great point there and a lot of folks that maybe don't have any kind of fire training may not know that and that is like you said, don't blow your load on the first shot right <laughs> um, right, d- don't, right don't drain your train your tank or your your extinguisher all at once because you never know what's going to come later. You might need it again. Yeah. Yeah. And I needed it again. So I got, So here's what my thought is like right now, ever since I've kind of had the notion of, Hey, I might be moving my shop soon. I haven't been like doing a thorough deep clean of my shop. And I know that there's a boatload of, you know, steel, you know, powder built up underneath of my, all of the surfaces of my shop. So yes. I'm definitely going to do one big deep clean now that, you know, I, would I know that, that I'm sitting on a tinderbox. You, yeah, most likely are. And and I <laughs> yeah. also I also want this story to get out there to make yes. sure that everyone is proactive with because here here. Let me tell you something. So when that fire ignited and I had blown it out the first time, I'm standing there watching my shop filled with smoke and I'm thinking to myself. What do I get out first? Right. You know, like yeah. all, I have all this tooling in here. Like, what can I drag into Holy the parking lot? Yeah. And, and I thought, I don't have time. Nope. I just simply do not have time. People and don't so think about I'm, that. I'm out. Yeah. We, you know, when I did um, fire prevention and education stuff for a while, um, 
actually just fresh out of college or between like in the, towards the tail end of my senior year of undergrad and moved here from to Idaho from Pennsylvania. And it was all brand new to me, you know, but wildfire is much the same way. Often, you know, it's coming and you can see it coming for as many as days. Right. But in those days leading up to that wildfire coming, people don't think about those types of things, you know? So have a list, you know, if, if you're looking at wildfire, we always tell folks, have a list of the things that you, you know, that you're going to take because odds are you're going to have time. But in your case, yeah, you're right. There is no time. And you can't think like people, I think we downplay fire as humans because we can control it. You know, we, we can make it. Yeah. This was, Um, this was not controlled. No, like this was, this was, this went, this went from me discovering the fire to it being wildly out of control within one minute. Yeah. Like it was scary. It was that fast. Wow. So it, and you know, it, like I said, it could have burned itself out. I might be dramatizing this or whatever, but it could have very well caught other things on fire up there. There was some plastic and, yeah. you know, some other stuff and mm. some wood and say, so, oh, that's all it takes, right? You lose your whole shop, so, uh, right? Your yeah. whole Everything that you were, my whole life is in that. Yeah, show. I'm not kidding so you. Like let's, my, my let's heart turn fell into, the, into the, my stomach. It was awful. Yeah, let's turn this into a game real quick. Okay, so Brian, you were just in this situation. Your your shop is starting to catch on fire. You can pull one thing out of your shop. What is it that you can grab? <laughs> what is the one thing that you would grab before you have to ditch your new shop? Oh man. Well, um, I probably would have grabbed, I had a couple of knives in there from like, uh, like that were, uh, that were there from my family, like, uh, old Mm. relics from my family that I would not be able to replace. So those would probably be the first things that I would have grabbed. And then honestly, man, you know, I probably would have grabbed that damn laser. Yeah. (laughs) It's so expensive. Or I your mean, laptop, you know, the laser was, you know. Yeah, well, I, I oh. what's good thing about it was is my editing machine was not in there because yeah. I moved that to my other space. So like all my expensive electronics and everything were in the other room. Okay, mm. so that would have been fine. But so uh, yeah, probably so the Ben, laser. you're in a shop full of wood. Yeah, before it all catches on fire, what are you grabbing? <laughs> it for me, it would you know I just did the look around and. The shop bot. Yeah, shop I, I bot. wish I could, but you know, well, I mean, that is on wheels. Out the door, yeah, right? you know, but I honestly, I would probably it would be my my laptop, my camera, and my phone. You know, those three things would be fairly easy to grab. Uh, without those, you know, I've got some cloud backups of things, but uh, you can quickly, um, it, especially if you're looking at a house fire. Some folks, their shop is connected to their house. And, and mm, yeah. you know, you. I can tell oh, you terrifying. in the, yeah. what, four years I've been on Instagram now, I actually, I wrote it down uh, because I'm a fire nerd, but I have seen five people's shops burn to the ground in just the four years that I've been on Instagram. Wow. It, two of them were attributed to... Um, Somebody was staining wood with an oil-based stain. And I don't know if folks know this or not, but you should always open those rags up and let them dry out that way rather than all balled up. 
And mm. the one, the guy said, he's like, I remember it vividly. He said, I got done staining this table. He said, all the rags I just threw right in the garbage can. It was a plastic garbage can, you know? And he's like, I'm kicking myself in the ass every minute of the day now because I did that. And that's what caught fire. His, his mm. trash can full of oily rags. They, they create heat. They spontaneously combust. And then they've got all that fuel in the oil, you know, the oil and the stain. And his shop went right, burned right to the ground. Wow. I, f- I follow some uh, sailboating people on oh, YouTube. yeah. And they had a 50-foot catamaran, uh, a Leopard 50. Yeah. And uh, they weren't there. They're, these were Australian folks. And the catamaran was parked in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, they had hired a crew of guys to go in and do some work. And one guy was doing fiberglass work up on the deck. And another guy was welding stainless steel down in the cockpit and they had a a bucket i am not kidding you a bucket of acetone oh my lord and a spark landed in it and the guy went to like grab it because it had it had lit you know the top of it had lit kind of like denatured alcohol burns yeah yeah he grabs the bucket, and of course, because it's an open-topped bucket, oh, which is the, here's the reason why they sell fire. acetone. They sell acetone in those little metal cans with that tiny pain in the ass little, uh, you know, opening. That's this is the reason why, because he grabs the bucket, he dumps the the acetone, the entire boat burned to the ground. This is a million dollar yacht, right? Can I freak you guys out for a second? You have a bucket of acetone right next no, to you. No, but I, I, I do, I do have a little container, little plastic container of acetone. But guess where I store it? Right next to your forge. <laughs> right above my forge. Oh, oh my god! What are you doing? And you don't have a fire extinguisher either. Oh my god! That's the first thing I move tomorrow when I, right? when I get to the shop. But you, you well, know, we you don't. Know what, I don't. I know. I don't take it serious enough, like you said, Beacon. I mean, I. This place is a tinderbox, you know? It is, dude. Your shop if is, I, is bad. One spark, man. And and there's so many guys that do that don't just woodwork or don't just metal work, you know? Like, we do all kind of shit in our garage shops. And, and yeah, I've thought about it often. <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're not doing anything... Number one, grab your fire extinguisher. Look at it. Is it old? Does it need to be recertified? Number two, start cleaning up and make sure that you don't have anything that's really flammable near your grinder. All those things, because I'll tell you what, man, I saw my life flash before my eyes. Number one, I knew I could get out. I knew I could save my own life. But honestly, that workshop is, you know, a big part of my life. Yeah. And I and I had worked so hard to build it up. And the kicker is I'm moving out of it. Right. Uh, (laughs) Right. I would have lost all my tools. You know, that's a clarification that I didn't quite get. This was the old shop, not the new shop. The old shop. Yeah, I'm still in the old shop. I was gonna bust your balls that you ble- you painted your walls black so that the soot wouldn't show. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I my buddy Kenny was like, "You got to move out of there now because it stinks like smoke." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let the next guy clean it up. Yeah, but man. And honestly, it was the best case scenario because I stayed calm. Yep. Sarah, my wife, actually uh, got the notification from our ring. Uh, yeah. alarm that the uh, mm. smoke smoke had been detected in my workshop 
she opens up the camera system to see oh, me. Oh, no kidding. Walking up to the, the fire extinguisher, grabbing it. And she's like, yeah, you're all nonchalant. She's like, you looked all relaxed. You're just like walking up to this fireball. And I was like, I'm not kidding you. When they, I you like know when people say uniform, like they're <laughs> Well, I'm not wearing a uniform, I'll tell you what. I, I had to take my pants off right. to clean the pudding out of there. But uh I you know, you know when people say like your training kicks in, yep. that yeah. is exactly what happened. Right. Like I was not even thinking. I like I grabbed my respirator, I threw it on my yeah. face, I walked over, grabbed the fire extinguisher, walked up to it and blow. And it was just that quick yeah. that you know i thank god i've been trained do you but, think uh, um do you think yeah. I, you know like i said I, I don't know what it is about fire there's something strange about fire that um i i see a, so many folks who are like that whether they have training or not it's like ah oh, no big deal you know and I, like i've seen guys on wildfires you know 20 foot flames you know just massive wall of fire and they're like shit we got this <laughs> you know you go no we don't <laughs> like there's no effing way well, we that's got their this. that's also experience too, yeah because they yeah, probably yeah. have been there before true you know, so. true yeah, yeah i've never experienced real fire though weird ne- never in my life yeah you know, this is the first time thank god so well, anyway thank god that's you're over right, with yeah. we're okay the shop stinks like a campfire no big deal uh i i first and foremost here's what i did so remediation looks like this you vacuum up everything that you can get your your vacuum on um, and then, uh, to, you know, pulled all the dust off of everything and then ran my big jet filter. Mm-hmm. I cleaned it and then ran my big jet filter to pull all the particulate matter out of the air. And then um, I wetted the floor to get everything, you know, nice and, you know, soupy so I could mop it up. And then I immediately cut all the electrical to that device. Right. So I walk up with the snips and cut that and just to, just to ensure that nothing could reignite or whatever. And then I doused that device in water yeah, so okay. that, so there's, you know, all of that is done. And yes, there's a little bit of a mess, but it's way better than cleaning up ash. Yeah. You know, it's not like your you're going to yep. uh, save that device anyway. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah at that point, you, you know, make sure it's out and, uh, like you said, get it cleaned up. But yeah, yeah, man, I'm moving God. out of there anyway. I don't give a shit. I'm <laughs> How about it? Right there. How about it? <laughs> man, I knew you were excited to get out of there, but just yeah. to burn the place down to the ground. You know, I mean, that's another level. I don't think the insurance check would be that big, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't even know if the insurance would cover something like that. To be uh, I don't know. Because I, yeah. Because it was plasma, and you know, yeah. you know, they're just they're gonna they're when gonna they go, find out what's oh, in there. Oh, you were cutting. Pl- yeah. Oh, totally. They're gonna yeah. go. Oh, you were cutting plasma over an air filter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Goodbye. I remember yeah, growing up, you. we um, a friend of our, you know, friend of the family, kind of a thing, uh, owned a feed store, and it was like a feed store slash hardware store, kind of an old school uh, place, you know, that had a little bit of everything you could get. Everything from a dog collar to, you know, hinges for a door, uh, you know, feed for your rabbit or chickens or whatever the hell you wanted. And it was a massive building. It was huge. I think it was originally like a a, a factory or part of a plant. And then they turned it into a hardware store and feed store. Well, it burned down. um, And I can remember the, the night that it burned because it burned for like 
two or three straight days. Holy cow. Because of all the damn feed that was in there. He had these 50-pound mm. bags of feed, you know, and they just smoldered and smoked and everything else. And, uh, yeah, they couldn't put the darn thing out. And then on top of that, it had all these chemicals, right? It had all this, all these lawn chemicals and paint. He would mix, you know, he sold paint. So he had cans of paint and shit. And yeah, this thing just went. And then for like two years, he fought insurance on it because they were, they were saying that he started the damn fire. And uh, so he had to fight them for that. It was a nightmare, (sighs) nightmare, but thank God you're okay, brother. Jeez. Hey, all is well, and uh, if anything, people can learn from my my mistakes, and then um, I'll release the video. I don't have any actual video of the of the fire, but I have um, aftermath videos oh. of it, so well, you can does see. That, does that ring uh, thing yeah. hold on to any video? <clears throat> so I don't have the monitoring package. Yeah, they started oh. making you pay for that shit. That yeah, right. Yeah. So, Jerks. so you know, she was watching it live on her phone, but yeah. you, you, there was no way to retrieve the video. I think there's Sarah like, didn't screen record. Come on, Sarah. <laughs> she was really worried when I got home. She she I'll looked bet. like she had been put through the ringer. She was really worried you know, because you know she couldn't get a hold of me for right. a while. And then when right. she opened the camera up the second time after I had put the fire out, she's like the whole room was just filled with smoke. You couldn't see anything. Wow. So, but but then she looked at the video on the ring doorbell and saw me out front yeah you know crazy yeah, so. here's a crazy one about that the ring doorbell or the the we are the blink camera is what we have and my uh, in-laws have my father-in-law had a had a pretty massive heart attack i think about two years ago now <laughs> happened in his own backyard perfectly healthy guy it wasn't um wasn't related to like clogged arteries it was just a mechanical thing his heart just stopped but he was in the backyard cutting up a tree his wife happened to come out to talk to him give him give him a drink or something and right then and there he had this massive heart attack and was in a coma for like a week and a half like real serious heart attack well the damn ring or the blink camera caught the whole freaking thing on film my 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 mother-in-law giving him cpr the whole freaking thing it was spooky to watch that, you know, to, to watch that back. And like, she, she couldn't watch it. My mother-in-law's like, I, I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> you know, she's like, yeah, I, I don't blame her. man. I do I not want her. to relive that, but kind of crazy. No. You wonder what those things, you know, what kind of footage those things do catch. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Insane. So Ben. Yo. It has been. It has been a while it's since we've had you on the podcast. A long while. Give us some updates. Man, life is life is good, I guess. You know, as good as it's yeah. gonna be. Um, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride, boys. I'll say that much. Um we are still circling the runway, uh, trying to land in Pittsburgh for the whole stem cell thing. The blood clot issue reared its ugly head again. And, uh, had one of those little bastards move a little further up my leg. So oh, geez. the doctors back in, in Pittsburgh said, no, we're not going to do that now. <laughs> so, oh, so it did play a factor. Yeah. They were- they're okay with having a blood clot, but they're not okay if it moves. And, uh, we're trying to ultimately trying to figure out, did it move? I, I know it moved way back in August. 
because I felt the pain of it moving and everything else. And my suspicion is that uh, because of the timing of the ultrasounds of my leg, uh, nobody really noticed that it had moved or where it had moved to until, you know, a couple weeks ago. But uh, yeah, I was basically a week away from getting on an airplane and leaving and got the results of the ultrasound and that put the brakes on everything. Oh no. Yeah. So how long is it on? Like, is there any way to know how long? You're yeah, on I think so. Um, basically, uh, you know, I've been seeing every doctor that there is to see, um, from hematologists to cardiologists to proctologists, you, you name it. Uh, and uh, right now the plan is to redo the ultrasound in like three weeks and mm. provided nothing has moved any further then we would be game on for December, like the first week of December. So, okay. Well, it's not too bad. No, basically much of a wait, pushed it back a month. Um, yeah, but man, you know, and you, you know, like Matt, like it's, it was kind of like part of my brain has like compartmentalized all of this into like, I'm taking a big trip, you know? So Mm. it's almost like the big trip got canceled the day before, you know, then you have to figure out like, how do I start reeling all this shit that I put into motion back in? And so that's, I've been dealing with all that, you know, effects. Like my mother-in-law was literally, she landed the day that we found out that the wheels fell off of everything, you know, she she was coming to help. Basically she was here, going to be here and she was moving in, I guess is what I should say, you know, Cause she's going to be here while I'm back there. And then my mom's going to take care of me back there. And that's kind of how we'll pull off, you know, with Christy and I and the boys and everything. But yeah, so she lands only to find out now for the second time that this has happened to her that, uh, guess what? Not starting yet. So yeah, it's been a zoo. Um, still the plan still to go through with it. Plan is still to, you know, do the full uh, transplant and everything else. So I've just been kind of bebopping along doing what I can, you know, spending a ton of time in my workshop, spending a ton of time oh, yeah? filling out paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything fun that you've got going on in the shop? You know, I've been doing a lot of shop bot stuff. Um, hey, that's cool. Yeah. I've got a bunch of videos that are that I need to make with that. I've been doing shop bot stuff. Um, what else have I been doing? Not a whole lot, you know, like nothing too overexerting or anything. Um, we ne- we do need to discuss your. Uh, you made a YouTube video. Oh, the, yeah. That has it's like thirty more than twenty. Yeah, thirty thousand views on it. Wow, which is yeah insanity for. And I'm you know I'm I'm not trying to be a for, dick for here. A but, nobody. You know, your your YouTube yeah your YouTube channel is not really all that. Uh, no, you know, hasn't weak. had a ton of movement on it. So. It's got me, it's got me considering movement. <laughs> yeah, man, go. it was, so I, I, so the video is on, um, skill, skill, the tool company released a new router table a handful of months ago and reached out to me and apparently not very many other people, but reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, would you like to do a review on this thing? And of course, 
I'm a tool whore. So I said, sure. <laughs> and, uh, aren't we all you're right. And, and I've worked with skill quite a bit, honestly, and I'll speak highly of their tools. A lot of guys may not. I, you know, I have found the skill power tool company of today is not what they were 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. And so anyway, I did kind of an assembly slash review slash project video with this router table and put it up. It sat on YouTube for pretty much a month, just not really doing a whole hell of a lot. I think it maybe had a thousand views in a month. And then all of a sudden last week sometime, well, no, yeah, it was last week, like maybe Tuesday of last week, I checked my uh, YouTube studio and it had gained 2,000 views overnight. And I was like, holy wow. shit. Then the next day, same thing, 2K views. The next day, 4,000 views. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> and this thing just keeps chugging along. It's at 33,000 views right now. And I don't know why. Did Skill put out any sort of like literature on it? Or were they hyping it up on something which made people look that up no. on YouTube? or? Not that it I just randomly popped. Yeah, it just randomly popped. When I look at the analytics, it's seventy-five percent of the traffic is coming from the browse features within YouTube. Oh. Yeah. So, so YouTube you, is recommending that video yeah. to people and they're clicking on it. Couple things you have going for you on that video. I have not watched it yet, but what I have seen is that your thumbnail is awesome. Oh, you did you're a fantastic like that? Thank job. You. On it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, you did a great job. And that's I think a big part of the reason why yeah. people are tuning in to watch it. And then um, I assume the video must be good because the retention rate would have to be there in order for YouTube to push it to new people. Yeah, it seems pretty good. I've got um, my click-through rate right now is 4.8%. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, that's really? Good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 4.8% oh. on a – it's for any kind of like maker video or whatever – that's pretty common. Like my okay. click through rate on average is like around 5%. And it's so down I'm just 41% in the past month. But I I'm assume that's at, go ahead. Go ahead, B. I'm just looking at my uh, Bowie knife challenge video and maybe that's super skewed because so many people are looking at it because it's the Bowie knife challenge. Yeah. But I'm I'm up over ten percent on the impression impression click through. Dang, nice. So tell me, was, boys, <clears throat> have you guys haven't talked about the Bowie knife challenge yet? Have you? We have a little bit, a little. but not a whole lot. We talked about its you know release uh, initially, but yeah. then uh, it it hadn't happened yet. I mean, yeah. when the podcast came out on Thursday. The videos all went live on Friday. Phenomenal. And, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. It, uh, it it turned into a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, I don't really. F I haven't been following the uh, the the polling yet, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I do know that we have like close to three thousand votes. Nice. Yeah. So how long does yeah, the polling, or how long was the polling scheduled to go? Two weeks or something? I think it's a week, isn't it? Isn't it? No, I think okay. it's two weeks. I thought I saw it close. Ah, shoot. It's either it's either the sixth or the seventh or somewhere around there. Okay, of November. Of November. So it's it's two weeks. Yeah. Right. Today's the twenty 
Seven to this will come out on the twenty so eighth. So what I'm saying, guys, is there's plenty vote of time for, for you guys to vote for Beacon Knives. <laughs> vote, yeah. for vote for Brian. <laughs> vote for Brian. Vote for Brian. Which there one? Which one? <laughs> yeah. So so here. Yeah. Here's the other piece of this. So the knife that Brian made is mm-hmm. being raffled off. Yeah. So, yes, it is. That's right. Uh, Brian, you can go to Brian's website, beaconeknives.com. Beaconeknives.com. Buy a raffle ticket. Ten dollars. That ten dollars a ticket. Come on. Oh guys. man. And that $10 purple a ticket. heart, dude, that purple heart is fire. I love that. And you Thank can you. own you. a piece of Brian Cone Maker History. How about and that? you could win that knife that was a part of the buoy challenge too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think I personally have a, 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 a little bit in the game here. I, I bought some tickets because yes, here's what, here's what, here's what I think um, I really like about the whole raffling system is that yes, only one person wins, but it's a really great way to support a maker. It is, you know, yeah, honestly, no matter if you win or not, you can support that maker by buying a ticket. And then, you know, like I do with the raffle with the grinders, it generates income for me so that I can do other things. Yep. And um, I can get my fire extinguishers recertified. <laughs> I can get my Ford truck fixed. Pay that insurance You know, stuff bill. like that. See, Pay the insurance bill. I've only got 30 entries in so far. Oh, man. So I haven't, I haven't quite broken even on the knife if you consider the materials and yeah. the uh, – the filming with Kyle because so he we do we it think free. so we think that Brian should pull in at least fifty tickets on this thing yeah. just so he breaks even gets a little bit of money in his pocket and so if you're listening to this right now and you want to support Brian Cohn go to bconeknives.com it's right on the homepage it's easy to buy you can use any PayPal credit card whatever yep. and you can get yourself a ticket and you can buy as many as you'd like so go out and buy one because. He's going to pull the name. I think you're going to pull the name, what, like next week, uh, the first week of November or something like that? Yep. Uh, so it's it's the 6th of November. I'll do a live stream um, at 7 o'clock. Basically, I'll jump on um, Instagram Live, and I might do a Facebook Live if I can figure out how to do two phones at the same time, basically like you did. Yeah. And I'll do, I'll do a live poll. And we'll do it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, when you pull my name out of that basket, <laughs> Brian, um, I have you thought about what you're going to tell the audience about why I won? I mean, I, this is, this is going to be this is going to be an awkward situation. If I pull all. your it name, I might throw your name back in the bucket. Now, right? here, here's what I'll tell you. Here's what I th- here's what I'm going to tell you. I am going to donate my five tickets. Two different makers. All right. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. That's so cool. I, I I personally cannot win your knife. It just would not be right. Yeah. So so here I'm too close to you. So so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pick five people to give my tickets. <laughs> I'm gonna to. give two to Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give one to my wife. I'm gonna give one to my son. <laughs> <laughs> But I am going to definitely donate those five tickets. I want to support your work. I did that Thank through you. buying the raffle ticket, but I just I thought about yep. it. I was like, I can't, I can't win. I know. I've thought you about know, that with your uh, waffles too for the grinder, and as, as much yeah, as so you guys yeah. can't win, yeah. so it's just yeah, I appreciate it. But yeah. you know, it's it's you're too close. Yeah. And because uh, like Dexter bought a ticket, and I was like, dude, you can't buy a ticket, like, right? I can't pull your name out, <laughs> right? Of it, you know? Hey, uh, so. question, uh, B Cone. Did you yeah. um, did you have any trouble working with Purple Heart, or had you ever worked with it before? 
I know. So it's a weird I wood. Didn't, I didn't put that block together. I actually had someone send me that block and uh-huh. one of the listeners. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name. I feel like an asshole. Uh, Holy cow. Somebody who I listens to this podcast. Uh, I was just going to say, probably listen. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm going to have to look through and find the name yeah. who sent it to me. Don't worry about it. You're just having an old man moment. Right. <laughs> you, they, they, but yeah, so he sent me this piece. Oh no, excuse me. That was that was from a different group. Uh, oh, you're somebody dig- sent you're digging me this, a, this You're block. digging now. You're digging a bigger hole. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> uh, he sent me this piece uh, of wood already cut together, yeah. uh, already glued together. So I didn't actually have to okay. manipulate it too much other than just grinding it into a handle shape. Yeah, I was curious because... um. I've had issues with Purple Heart before where it loses its purple and, and it'll really? Yeah, and, and it's fairly common. Um I put it in cutting boards a, a fair bit in the past and just through sanding the heat will turn it back to like a, a light brown or a tannish color. <clears throat> and a lot of guys freak out, you know, like holy shit, like what do they you know, sand the ink no, out I of it? I turn my uh I turn my VFD super low when I'm working with any sort of handle material. Now. Yeah, yeah, so. but it'll it'll come back is what I was gonna say, and 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 actually, you probably with that handle will see that purple uh, get darker over time as it. Oh, I've already uh, seen it get darker. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like cherry. Cherry will do the same uh, through UV light and just oxidation. You know, with the air, uh, it gets darker. Cherry will get six eight shades darker. It's crazy. But yeah, it's weird because it started out as when I pulled it right off the grinder and put some axe wax on it, which is, of course, Jeff Fader's favorite, oh, yeah. uh, you know, axe wax. But um, it came out. It was like a super brilliant purple. Uh-huh. And then now now I don't have it next to me, but now it's it almost looks like a darker royal royal purple. Such a Use full word. blast 10 full blast <laughs> ten <laughs> at checkout, checkout to get 10 percent off. And, it's and if you of buy Jeff it Fader, from UK. It, speaking of uh, Jeff Fader, he shouted us out on the Knife Talk podcast yeah? uh, this past week. I just saw yeah. that we got another great sh- guy. shout out. A few... I don't listen to that podcast. I don't know what, what? you're talking I about. Don't... Does that podcast? Bruh. What do they talk about on there? I've never heard of it. Uh, I'm kidding. Of bananas. course. Bananas. They, they talk about how many bananas they, they would. Uh... Yeah. How many bananas <laughs> they could fit up their arse. Um, <laughs> who was it? Uh, our man uh, Brigham. Brigham Kendall um, yep. mentioned that uh, your dad joke got shouted out on the on the uh, Canadian knife talk. <laughs> yeah, Lando Novak uh, at the on the, the Forge, Forge side, side chat. chat. They they asked if they could use a clip from our show to. Uh, to tell a dad joke essentially and it was Brigham Kindell's joke. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I love it. Awesome. So it comes full circle, you know. Yeah, and it's funny because yeah. Brigham listens to a ton of podcasts because he he's you know he's a manual guy. He's like always working with his hands. He does he owns a company that lifts like concrete slabs that, oh, that's is that like what fall. It is? Okay. That's what he does for a living and he owns the company. And oh, nice. so he's always doing this work and he's listening to podcasts. Hi, Brigham. How you doing? You're yeah, listening man. to this podcast right now. <laughs> uh, he's also one of our patrons. And, um, oh, I got and a so, to talk about with that. Yeah. Oh, you definitely do. Cause you know, we've gained all uh, the, yeah. Pe- you, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll so anyway, <laughs> real quick, I want to just shout out Jeff Fader and his work because obviously as a, as sort of a, 
reciprocation thing, but also because, and you all know how much I appreciate his work in the community and what he does for everyone. And absolutely. Um, and, and it was such a cool thing to hear him still shouting us out, even yeah. after all this time, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to do that. And it really does help. Let me give you some analytics uh, from Red Circle. I don't know if you guys are interested in this, but um, I am. Absolutely. I haven't been in there in a while. So, <clears throat> so uh, Red Circle is the distribution network that we use to uh, distribute the podcast. So I have to basically edit the podcast and upload it to an RSS feed. And what they do is they keep track of every download essentially of every show and all of that. Now we didn't move to red circle until February of 2021. So these are the numbers from February, 2021 to today. So on average, uh, we get 749 weekly downloads and per episode, we get about 500 downloads per Mm -hmm. episode. Wow. Uh, and then total downloads to date since February is 18,764. Nice. Wow. Granted, I don't know because I don't know the what that looks like yeah. for, from other podcasts. I'm sure we're on the lower end of things a little say, bit. Let's, well, let's pull up the uh, KTP numbers. You know, um, well, we don't know. I, mean, don't I can't know see what they're doing. But, yeah, you can only see this if you're the owner of the account. Like yeah, you right. can't see what yeah. other, other people are downloading. But here's what I can tell you is that the amount of engagement that we get as a means to like, it even comes full circle for me where people are commenting on my YouTube videos, mentioning things that I say in the podcast, like Michael, uh, he's a patron of ours, Michael Wells, you know, he heard me saying things on the podcast and then he watches my videos and comments on it and gives me feedback. Those are all things that happen as a result of, you know, uh, major in audience influence. And, and I just want to tell everyone who listens and supports us through this, that uh, I truly appreciate you and and um, it's been an awesome ride and we're only a year a little over a year in so 100%. you know and I'll say too numbers are weird right now um because the flood on the market <laughs> you know when I look at I actually was looking about 2 months ago I was looking back at some old numbers that I had scratched down I had a I ran another podcast for a very short, I think six episodes or so, <laughs> uh, called the Woodfellas podcast. And we were getting those kinds of numbers then, you know, three years ago, but there were about half as many maker podcasts then, <laughs> you know, so oh, yeah, good point. We're, yeah. we're in a, we're in a pretty deep pool right now. Um, but to your point, Brian, uh, the, the amazingness of the following that we have and and how folks reach out to us and how folks are always commenting on multiple platforms it's unheard of you know it's this we've built a really cool community um i put out a challenge but i think it might even been the last time i was on a dang show it's been that long when when brian you and i did the the uh duo episode and i said uh if we hit 15 follower or 15 patrons by October 15th, I'd be sending a little care package to the patrons and I've been working on said care package. Uh, yeah, we did gain those five new yeah. uh, patrons, by the way. And um, since since we're talking about that, go ahead and tell. do you want to talk about what you're well, making? I don't know. Or I'm kind of torn. Um, well, 
I guess I can I can hint at it, but some of my shopbot time has been devoted to designing what I think is a pretty cool little catch-all tray that just happens to take the shape of a familiar logo. Oh, fantastic! And, I love uh, this a little place to keep your idea, yeah. uh, keep your EDC gear. You know, so I've been playing around with that. I've got quite a bit of. Uh, quite a few pieces of walnut and hickory and you know other big two inch thick chunks of wood laying around here so i've been carving some of that up and uh patrons can uh, expect a little work for it care package coming up soon fantastic and i'm gonna send you i we just did a new sticker drop so i'll do i'll send you all the new stickers for everybody sweet um Real quick, let's shout everybody out. We've got uh, Marcus from MW Steelworks, Mark Vanderwerf of the Vandersander, Justin Miller, Florida Man Forge, Devin O'Hara of Art of Craftsmanship, Noah Bloomberg, Entiot River Forge, Stanley Showstack, Michael Nye, Jamie Blow, Jamie the Squid, Eric Peterson, Bob Ryan, Brigham Kindell, Scott Wilkerson, Menster Hill Forge, Keith Drennan, and Bob. Bob, just thank Bob. you, just straight, just straight up Bob, Bob. Right. straight up Bob. Thank you all. <laughs> and awesome. and to to date, our revenue stream on Red Circle since February, we have made a whopping one hundred and twenty-one dollars in ad revenue. Every nice. little bit counts. Yep, and what I was telling Brian in the last podcast ben, is that I'm using all that money that we got through Patreon and our ad revenue to purchase all new microphones and That'd interfaces cool. and everything so that we can get better audio quality. Not that yeah. I don't – I think our audio quality is fine, but I broke my microphone and I yeah. broke a bunch of crap. So. Well, it will be nice yeah. for uh, – particularly for me being uh, on the road here coming up or you know a little more uh, mobile and uh, – coming coming to you live from my secluded hospital room and in, in the hospital in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it'll be nice it, you know the there's some newer microphone technology out there now yeah. that has like integrated windscreens, yeah. you know, pop filters and all that stuff so that you can plug Sweet. right in. So definitely going to hook you guys up. All right, so all right, no, since- hold on just for a second. Matthew S. from Red Walker Forge. Thank you for the piece of uh, purple hardwood <laughs> material. Go. Got I him. finally looked through all of my messages to find who it was who, set, who sent it to me so that I could shout him out. Look at you. Matthew S., Red Walker Forge. Go follow him. Go support him because he sent me that piece of material. Great Red, guy. <laughs> Red Walker. I wonder what that's a, a reference to, Red Walker. Like a, I'm thinking of a, of a dog or a horse. Tennessee Walker horse. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> That's cool. I'm curious now. I have to look it up. Oh, sorry about that. So guys. no problem, no problem. You have uh, CRS. I also have CRS disease. It's terrible. <laughs> so it's um, all the concussions I had. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so digging in real quickly to work for projects, I yeah. would like to uh, just shout out Noel uh, Hancock, the my buddy down in Australia. So I don't know if you watched that video that he put up because he heard the podcast and heard us talking about his knife. And then he actually goes in depth talking about, you know, people who hunt kangaroos and when he made the knife and everything else. So if you haven't watched that, go find Shed Time Down Under on Instagram 
Yeah, he had 25 followers when we shouted him out. And then, like, the next day, he said he woke up and he had, like, 65 followers. No, so shit. Nice. Yeah, so then uh, now he is has 75 followers. So people hey, are definitely awesome. picking up All his right. stuff. But Dude, it's interesting nice. to listen to him talk about that knife and also talk about the kangaroo hunting because it yeah. was something I had no idea even existed. I didn't know you could. I thought they were protected somehow. Well, he he explains that. It's okay. like a, there's okay. a tagging system just like what we have here oh, in, the, gotcha. in the States. Yep. You can yep. get a tag and you can go and literally hunt kangaroo. That They're, they're too close to human, you know? <laughs> Like hunting I would have absolutely zero problem with killing a kangaroo. Yeah. They're like huge assholes. Like yeah, they over. are. Like, yeah. How wholesome was it to just listen to him for like that five minute video that he made? It was fantastic. Sh- oh my it was goodness. so good because I had I, a grin from ear to ear the entire <laughs> time. Because oh you could goodness. tell how much he loved talking about that yeah. too. And yeah. It's just it just warmed my heart like times a million, man. And that's somebody who is on the complete polar opposite end of the earth. Yeah. Right, yeah, it just blows my mind. That's yeah, crazy, crazy. That's so just... pluck a few out. We have we have eight hundred and forty six posts now on work. Holy, I've been checking out um, Moonshine Leatherworks. Uh, some metal workers may be familiar with Moonshine Metalworks, but this is Moonshine Leatherworks, and he just made this cool um, mossy oak camouflage zipper uh, zipped portfolio thing. That's really darn cool, and it's like a just, trapper keeper, but it's yeah, it's like just great all work. Leather and very cool stuff. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, for sure. And if I if I want to go ahead and jump on the next one, I actually just posted a one onto the um to the WFI projects. I wanted to pick your guys's brain on this process that I'm doing. I just started doing it on this uh, next batch of knives where. It, my last process was I to make sure that I have plenty of epoxy that flows from side to side and gets a bunch of stick on the uh, handle material. Mm-hmm. I used to drill like 20, almost 20 holes into each handle yeah. and then put this groove in there. Now, so here's that's... my thought process on this. And maybe this is stupid. Maybe it's not stupid. But... I feel like I could do less holes and just do a larger groove, which allows that epoxy to kind of pool in that area so that it has a bunch of surface area to adhere to, but also has at least two holes to, you know, flow from side to side. Is that a dumb thing? No, it's not a dumb thing. And and in fact, Noah Bloomberg talks about how Jason Knight talks about that in his Forged series. Oh, no shit. (laughs) <laughs> that's yeah. awesome it's literally okay, so I it's literally a comment on your picture where he says that's what i've done since jason knight said to do it in the forge series i so, actually started doing the huh. whole method hearing you talk about it on the podcast but then i still do the groove so he was saying that he does both and yeah that's a very actually it's a common to put a like a small full fuller underneath your yeah. handles yeah uh, to to relieve some of the weight from the handle, and then also, like you said, give more surface area for See, the epoxy. Makes total sense. I See, I was it- thinking, I was thinking because you know I'm putting in so many holes, and then I'm chamfering those, and then I'd also put a little groove in there, and I'm cutting away all of that time. So I'm I would be spending hours on the drill press, uh, yeah. punching through all these holes, and like doing four a piece, and then spending right. a little bit more time putting like. 
that cuts down like 10 minutes per knife. So also, I, I like how you bogarted WFI products <laughs> yeah, right. to talk about your I own know. shit. I, well, so, you used to give me so much crap <laughs> right? about this, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> so really quick. Welcome have, um... to Retribution Man. <laughs> so I, I didn't know. Um, it wasn't until I heard uh, Nick Pickle, Pickle Cutter the other day on their podcast um, mention that those holes were to trap epoxy. And right. I've been thinking about it ever since, to be honest, because I, I use a fair bit of epoxy. Um, sure. Just got done making a damn river table out of, you know, three and a half, four gallons of damn epoxy. I, I guess I question whether you even need the holes. Like, I mean, I glue up an entire tabletop, right? And at times we'll use epoxy if I want a lot of open time with my glue because a regular medium or, you know, even a fast set epoxy gives me tons and tons of open time so I can mess around, get my clamps on just nice, get everything flat and proper uh, without my glue setting up on me. And I was just thinking, you know, like here I am gluing up a hundred and some pound tabletop with no room for epoxy to pool and I've got no problems. So I don't know. I like, I just was thinking about it and I go, well, do you need, do you even need holes? You know, could, what see, it- here's, here's the reason why I do it is, um, back when I was first starting making knives, I, I wouldn't put any sort of holes in there. I, I mean, obviously I'd put the pinholes in there Yeah. and I wouldn't even rough up the surfaces and I'd use five minute epoxy. Yeah. And now all of the people who I've sent. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi or seven up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I used to, you know, the first year I was making knives or so, when I wasn't Mm -hmm. using the better materials and putting in all that extra little bit of time, you know, cutting out those pooling areas. Yeah. um, All of those knives are starting to like the the handle materials are starting to separate out a little bit. I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's just because it, it, Probably they probably it needs flex the, uh, a bit. surface area to adhere adhere to it. Yeah, yeah, and the holes. What it does is, if you can think of it in terms of the epoxy flows through and right. creates a bond on both sides, so it kind of creates its own like pin. Yeah, you got. That's yeah, so what I was right. gonna say. You got a bunch of pins, yeah. but it's just weird to me, right? And maybe it's just the fact that I'm I'm gluing wood to wood. Right. And, and in a knife, you're gluing wood to metal or micarta yeah, or yeah. something to metal. Um, and yeah. this is why I put it on WFI projects. I want to get your guys's opinion because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. Like I, I want, I want to get some other knife makers um, opinion on this so that, you know, I can kind of pull some, I mean, we, we all have so much, you know, collective knowledge it'd be nice to work it in our favor my guess i think it's i think it's the right way to go i I mean personally i've done i mostly do holes but i put huge chamfers in them yeah Yeah. you know so that gives that extra i guess my big question is you know 20 holes is probably overkill you know would two two um 
open holes and that channel be good enough, or should I put more? I think should I put so. less? I mean, you got two pins, probably, right? Yep. So you're yep. doubling the amount of pins, essentially, right? Okay. I don't know that surface area is necessarily going to make a, a hill of difference, right? Because the problem most likely is the fact that epoxy doesn't stick well to metal, <laughs> you know, or as good to metal. And then secondarily, I think you probably see, you know, if I build a big table, it's not going to have any flex, you know, or very little right. flex. And yeah. that flex is going to happen over a long period of time, you know, seasonal wood movement or seasonal change in humidity and that kind of thing may cause that wood to move. But with a knife, you know, you could, you know, you could cut into something or you could be carving a piece of wood and, and you're causing that, even that middle of that handle to flex. And that, in my mind, is more likely the cause. So anything you can do to get it to go through the metal and create a bond where essentially, you know, through, through the wood, you're bonding or through the metal, you're bonding wood to wood at that point. You've got epoxy grabbing the wood on the left, epoxy grabbing the wood on the right, and it's pulled mm -hmm. pulled through the hole. Mm -hmm. But and using a liner helps sure. as well yeah. because you're you're insulating. You know, plastic to steel is gonna stick a lot better than wood to steel because the steel isn't gonna isn't gonna um, change in size as much as the the wood would. Yeah. So the you know. Wood? The wood wood. Wood, 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 I actually did one of the first glue ups I ever did completely failed, but it took a long time. I used, um, I made with purple heart, surprisingly enough, purple heart and, and curly maple. And I cut it into like half inch cubes oh. and made, and made like a, you know, like a checkerboard type cool. uh, look. Yeah. And then I, uh, let it cure and everything. And then I put liners on it and stuff and put it on a knife. And I used that knife for about a year. Me personally, I used it and, mm -hmm. uh, the handle just started to separate like yeah. all the pieces, like it just started oh, wow. to fall apart. And it was because I didn't, I think I had, when I glued it up, I had squeezed it too tight and I squeezed mm, out a bunch yeah. of stuff. And I wasn't roughing up the surfaces. I yeah, was letting yeah, everything get really smooth. So now I take a razor blade, like a shop blade, and I just score everything that I'm going to epoxy. Really? Yeah. I score, score, score. And I score the living shit out of my G10. And really? I've never had a problem. Since. Those micro yeah. abrasions... The, you know, they'll, they'll capture more epoxy. You know, you can you can quadruple your surface area just with those micro abrasions. When I do See, river tables, I sand one with one twenty between layers. You know, to get an inch thick table or an inch and a half thick table of epoxy, I've got to pour maybe three four layers. Every one of those gets sanded to one. You know, with one twenty, it's rough as hell. It looks like shit. Then you pour it on and it gets glass smooth again. See, I go over to my belt grinder and I rough everything up with 36 grit. Huh? And I, I do 36 grit in one direction, then I turn it 90 degrees so I get a 36 uh, grit crosshatch. Yeah. So Even like your all G10 of that crazy, stuff? Yeah, everything. Absolutely so, everything. Let me ask you Everything guys. that gets epoxy on it. The the handles, the G10, the, yeah. the pins I even rough, rough up a little bit. Let me ask you this. From... From what you mentioned earlier, knives in the past that you've made, starting out or, or whatever, compared to now, I'm guessing that now you use um, 
a better or more trustworthy epoxy brand? Or, Absolutely. I mean, yep. That might have <laughs> what the are you biggest. Using, like G Flex. Yeah, I went from um, shoot, I don't even remember what kind of uh, five minute epoxy now to G Flex. Is yeah. it twelve or twenty four hour? If you're busting yeah, out the I Harbor use the Freight, hour. you know the Harbor Freight five minute epoxy, and yeah, you know, well, like, I went, I went from the inferior epoxy and also not roughing things up. So yeah. you know, having that, having that extra surface area having that you know groove in there okay we've talked about my shit enough we need to move on well i think well before we close on that (laughs) i'll I'll give you an idea and then we can put it to bed i think you should make uh, a video and you could just take some regular tool steel or whatever and and play around with it make some fake ass handles you know with just you know just a, a outline of a blade you don't have to actually make the blade but then and do destructive see what out. fails yeah that'd be kind of cool uh-huh. i bet you a lot of people would man that you know i've seen a ton of videos in the woodworking space on guys testing glue you know um mm. wood by right did a, a comprehensive video on just about every kind of glue that you could ever want to use to glue wood together uh, and found out that super glue was like better than most of them. <laughs> so sometimes the results surprise you. And I'll, I'll bet a lot of guys would really benefit. I, from s- I started switching over to super glue just to hold things yeah. in place. Uh, for instance, like when I did the glue up on the buoy knife, uh, my guard was a little loose. So I just filled that cavity with, uh, with a little bit of th- thick, uh, CA glue and did some CA activator on it. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to hold that thing there, but it held it in but place it, long enough for the epoxy to drain down oh. into there. Well, if so you're looking I for uh, super glue, Starbond Butler 20, I think, is my color. <laughs> you should have told me. <laughs> there that. we that's go. What I, that's actually what I buy. I or buy Starbond. Butler. I love that stuff. I was using uh, FastCap makes um, FastCap makes a, a pretty good uh, CA glue, but... Um, Starbond's where it's at. I really like that stuff. And they're they're a phenomenal company. I have to say, working with them has been a real treat. They're great. I now, also use Starbond to hold those brass plates that I put on the side of the, the yeah. Revolution grinder. I just rough it up with like an angle grinder just to give it some surface area and then rough up the brass. Yep. When I put that shit on there, in 10 seconds... It's, it would take a crowbar to get it off of there. Yeah, you can't. I get use it off. Uh, I use it a lot where I'll do uh, Starbond and then wood glue. So maybe oh, two yeah. two dabs of Starbond on either end, and then wood glue in the middle, and then hit it with the activator. The Starbond holds it like a clamp, and then as over time the wood glue dries, and then you've got a, a good glue up. So. I don't so know if you could do that it with was, or not. Did you say it was Ben Butler 20 oh, or it's B actually Butler 20? B Butler Co. B-B-U-T-L-E-R-C-O for 10% off Starbond. Now, hold on. So Brian's voice is the ad read for Knife Talk Podcast. Yeah. I feel like we need to get a couple ad reads going with the KTP boys, you know, uh, doing the ad read for us. There now, you just go. Just get this reciprocal. <laughs> that would be great. 
We don't have any sponsor. We, I mean, we have sponsors, but we don't, we don't ever talk. About we could promote <laughs> ourselves. There we go. We need to promote it, and we need to get Jeff Fader and all of them to for ten percent I could just hear Jeff Fader's yeah. brain melting. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. I can yeah. hear it all oh. the way from New York. He's listening to this, and he's going, "Oh fuck no, 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 no. go That's fuck it. yourself." We need it from Jeff. Come on, Jeff. <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, Jeff used to like you. See, yep. now he doesn't like you anymore. Yep. See what you've done? Yep. Yep. Oh, shit. All, All right, real quick, real quick. Pick one more WFI project, and then we're going to go into oh, a dad joke. I got one, if nobody else does. Go for go it. Go for it. It was um, it, uh, It's Zura Maker, I-T-A. It's Azura. It's Azura. Oh, my Lord. I just discovered oh, this. stuff. These rings are just phenomenal phenomenal yeah, down in hawaii we've been drooling over these yes, for the last have. few weeks i mean this the, yeah. the amount of the quality of the work Lord. he's doing on his lathe is just unreal yeah just yeah, crazy the materials the finish the work yeah and i i think you're right now i apologize i do remember you guys mentioning uh mentioning him in the past but worthy of praise again and, uh, way worthy of it his uh-huh. work is cool. really super interesting it's actually i think it's it azura so it azura it azura it azura okay it azura maker yeah and caroline um, yeah, caroline keeps making spoon uh, this that girl makes more spoons it's a, it's a, i can't believe how many spoons she gets knocked out it's really impressive <laughs> i can't believe a woman listens to work for a podcast i know I'm blown away. Yeah. oh i know uh, and shoot. I'm saying what everyone is thinking. So just so you know, I'm like, what the hell? I, I, yeah. I don't, my wife doesn't even listen right. to the podcast anymore. <laughs> I know. I think mine, mine, mine gave it like two episodes. And it's like, no, hey, that's not interesting. I was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is all man shit. It really yeah. is man shit. I get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. But we appreciate all the women who we do, want hey. of course. Yeah, Welcome we we appreciate all. the feminine energy. Yes, bring yeah. it to us. We need it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, real quick, you guys want to dive into a dad joke, real quick? Oh, uh-huh. let me warm up for a second. Tuba, tuba, tuba. It's the trombone. <laughs> <damn it. laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> all right, ready. All right, here we go. So I got bored watching the Earth turn. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. After 24 hours, I called it a day. <laughs> said, you know, said the I Lord. I don't have a dad body. I've got a father figure. <laughs> My wife accused me of trying to win every argument we had, so I spent the next hour explaining why she was wrong. <laughs> and I really do do that, by the way. You and me both. <laughs> we call it mansplaining yeah, around here. Yeah. Listen, yeah, I'll sometimes that shit will get you in trouble more right than the, the fight. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely will. It absolutely will. So, uh, all right. So, hey, all right. Real quick. Um, uh, one other thing going diving back into social media that I wanted to talk about is that uh, Brent from bald man knife and tool he he lives uh here near me so i've been keeping up with this reel that he has on his channel on his instagram reel oh yeah uh, reels that went to a million views whoa 
He got a million views on a reel, and it's probably got more. It was a million yesterday. So if you look through his feed, That's you'll nuts. see it. It's is he all it is. His mind or what? Yeah, it's blowing his mind. And all it really is is it's him taking his hand down into a swarf bucket and pulling like the shredded steel Ugh. out of it. I and then there's, who? like, a sound effect that just says good soup good or soup. something like that. <laughs> who and, was yeah. it again? I missed that. It's, Brent, it's bald man, knife, and tool. Okay. <laughs> That's all it is. And it's got a million views. Oh. And see, I'm it watching says, it. good soup. Yeah, it goes, good soup. Nice. And he's like, I swear to God. He goes, people must have, like, the lowest attention span. And I said, well, you know what I think it is, is that people are watching it trying to figure out what the hell it's, it is. Yeah, it no, stops that, them that's in a their meme track. on TikTok right now. Oh, is that, is that what soup? it is? It, the good people soup are going thing. around and, like, you know, uh, trying something really gross and saying good soup. Oh. Like, that's, that's just a thing right now. Okay. okay, see, I'm an old man. I don't get it. So now I get it. <laughs> See, I'm yeah. not on TikTok. That's hilarious. I liked his um speaking of bald man, I, I liked his uh cartoon uh video. Did you see that back oh mid October? He turned a video into there's a feature something on uh, one of the filters you can do is actually it turns it into looking like a cartoon, like a superhero okay. cartoon. And it it just looks really cool. A lot of times when I've tried that filter it comes out looking real janky but this one looks okay. super clean it looks just like a damn cartoon it's really cool yeah he's doing some really interesting stuff with his social media and yeah I, and it, he's experimenting all the time and also uh the other night he did a show at a local uh brewery here in fort myers oh cool and he he uh it's like somebody shot some really great video of him while he was there doing it and um and just so you're aware, um, I don't think he'd mind me sharing this, but he went, um, so he, he got a table at a local brewery that was doing like a make, like a, like a maker night kind of thing where a mm-hmm. bunch of people were getting together, like just selling their wares or whatever. So it was $50. Cool. He paid $50 to have his table there and he was there for like three or four hours. Nice. He sold six knives and three bottle openers. No Holy shit. Cow. Brewery. That's a great place to. Yeah. Brewery, yeah. yeah. Anybody will tell you that, like, if you can get to a place where they're selling alcohol, it's really easy to sell to people because, yeah. like, you know, people are a little bit more, you know, loose and they're, you know, they want to talk and you know that kind of thing. So, not that his knives don't sell themselves because his work is extremely clean, right? But, but you know, I if mean... you think about it, like, fifty bucks for a table, you know, and he had some investment in you know getting the table set up and all of that, but you know, he sure. sold six knives and three bottle openers. So that's a good night. I wish I could do that yeah so if you're a maker and you want something to sell look for stuff like that where it's like outside and you can you know do you know you're not i don't know i don't know if anybody cares about that anymore but i personally would like to be outside but you know yeah the other uh, now i'll bring this up again i know i've brought it up in the past but um that google my business i'm still man it is pouring uh pouring people into my website which is kind of cool Maybe uh, I need to do that with this raffle going on. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm getting right around 5,000 views a month on my website just from wow. Google My Business. Yeah. Holy cow. You there there's a way to do it where you uh where you list your physical address and you can actually do it without listing your physical address. Um so if folks are squeamish about 
you know, you have a home shop or whatever, and you don't want to list your home address, you can just list an area. So like I chose Boise and then a few of the surrounding quote suburbs or whatever. Um, and, and now though, somehow, um, it's actually got my address. <laughs> I don't quite know oh, how, okay. um, but I think that was probably a natural progression anyway. But I know how, Ben. Who's that? Skynet has become oh, aware. <laughs> shit. Okay, real quick, real quick. Uh, before we, before I change subjects once again, um, so on WFI Projects, North Mountain Knives, so on Instagram, North Mountain Knives, he is doing a giveaway. Ooh, like a nice. straight up giveaway, no raffle or anything. All you have wow. to do is he tagged it. He tagged WFI projects. And if you look through it, nice. you'll see a big thing. that says free knife. If you, all you have to do is tag. I just tagged both of you guys in the picture, I but the he, he's, um, you know, obviously trying to generate, you know, uh, some, some, uh, new followership and all of that. So you could win that knife and it's actually a really cool knife. It's stainless. It, it's a really cool knife. I'd yeah, love to own it. it. So, you know, if I win it, it would be great. But, uh, but so you're saying if you yeah. win it, you'll send it off to me, is what you're saying. <laughs> hey, listen, if I really wanted to win it, I wouldn't say anything at all. I just keep listen that in my to the pocket. two sons of competition. Listen to the two sons of bitches that make knives fighting over winning a knife. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't make that knife. So right, that's true. The thing. That yeah. knife I would get for free. And you would never really would have to either. I own very few knives for being a knife maker. Yeah, I can Yeah, I know. Everything me too. I make just goes right out the door. Well, yeah, I've always you. said yeah. that's the same like cutting boards. I use a fucking plastic cutting board. <laughs> you know like, jesus well, we you got this fourteen thousand yeah. dollar device that can literally yeah. carve out any no, shape you want. You and you're you like know? look i got an ikea cutting board you know, when we finished the kitchen I, I said I, we finished the kitchen and i said to my wife i said i'm making us a fucking cutting board she's like what do you mean I said, I'm so sick of using this shit plastic fucking cutting board. I said, I make the goddamn things five feet from here. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing, man. It's the shoemaker's children oh, have no 100%. shoes. It's the, it's the same thing. I am 100%. with you, man, for sure. Yep. And I, when I put a knife up on my knife board, you know, when we have people over and stuff, I yeah. have a tendency to like give them away because right. I'm just like, I, you know, I like yeah. to, you know, send. I I want to make room for more knives. A couple on my, Sam's Club on my wine, board. vinos and. Next oh yeah, that's know. game over. I get all generous when I get drunk. And stuff. <laughs> Throwing yeah, knives at people. Start, start buying raffle tickets five at a time. You know? <laughs> there right. we go. There we go. One <laughs> hey, thing. Turn into it. fucking Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a raffle ticket. <laughs> you get a raffle ticket. <laughs> now, I know you appreciate Brian. I actually was completely one hundred percent sober when I purchased your raffle tickets. <laughs> I want you to know this. I did this purely because. I love, I love your work and I want to support what you do so that, and I, that was a cheap way to buy into 100%. And you have been knocking out some incredible work, man. I've been watching and it is, yeah, it, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, like it, it's really cool just to see that progression to where now you're quote full time or, you know, or, or you're getting, you're getting time in the shop. I'm assuming this, I guess, but I would imagine that you're getting time in the shop where it doesn't feel cramped, you know, like when you're doing it 
uh, while working a full-time job or while working a job, too many times you go out there and it's like you got a timeline, you know, and it just seems like you got a little more room to breathe with the creativity side. And it's really cool. Oh, I don't know about that right now because no? I've, I've got all the, all of these Christmas orders. I yeah. pretty much, I, I've got it scheduled out because my leather guy's given me, you know, I need to have all right. the knives that he's going to have done by, by Christmas to him by Thanksgiving. Yeah. So like I have this batch, I have another batch, and I might have another batch after that, and I've got three weeks to do it. Well, then maybe it's just that so production mindset right kicking now. in. Yeah, <laughs> could could be the opposite. Sometimes that does it too, right? Is this either you have room for creativity or you're finding the groove in production, and that's it's yeah. really cool. You're knocking out some good shit. Thank you. I I appreciate the hell out of that. Yeah, man. I really do. All right, switching gears one more time. Enough stroking Brian's yeah, ball sack yeah. for now. So we, uh, you want yours stroked a little? Or? <laughs> well, I'll stroke I, everyone here. Mine's nice and smooth now that all the hair's been burned right. off of it. So, <laughs> uh, you got but, that firefighter uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I have Look no out. more eyebrows. I can't make a YouTube video for another two weeks. Everybody's going to know I burnt myself up. With my, you know, my hair is right. all charred and everything else. So... Uh, uh, real quick, I want to talk about uh, the new Dune movie because we don't Dune. talk a lot about yeah. film and stuff. But I, will I haven't say, listened to it, qu- or I haven't watched it quite yet. All right, so I'm not going to give anything away, of course. But I, right. I will say that if you like or semi like Star Wars or or any sort of sci fi stuff, you should really watch the new Dune piece. I mean, it was. I you know how they always screw up like remakes like I'm a big fan of like just shitting all over anybody that makes another movie based on the same movie or whatever but mm-hmm, absolutely this was not that this was I would say I'm not going to say it's better than the original because that would be that's like sacrilege right but yeah. it's so good you get sucked into 3 hours of being on this planet and with nice. these people and you feel like you're in year 10,191. I mean, it's just wow, really, really amazing. So if you have access to HBO Max, you can watch it for free. If not, you can go to a theater and see it. And it okay. would probably be better in a theater, I would imagine. So Yeah, my video guy actually drove all the way to Grand Rapids to watch it in IMAX. And he said it was uh, one of the best oh, experiences nice. he's ever had. So is this, it's not a remake, is it? Or... Yeah, not, it's a remake. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's, I'm not it's, familiar it's a, with the, the first. So they they did the film. Uh, the original film, I think, was done in the '80s. Okay, late '70s, early '80s, I think. And then, um, and then in this case, they are breaking it up into two films. So gotcha. the, it'll be part one and part two. Some people like that. Some people didn't like it. I personally think it's great that they're splitting it into two pieces because. Yeah. The first one was done so well. The second one will probably be done just as well. And I mean, I liked being there for the three hours I was there. You know yeah. what I mean? Here's so. my thought on that is, you know, how many book to movies do you do you watch after reading the book and think, well, shit, they didn't touch on this part yeah. or this yeah. part or this side thing or that. Well, you know, being yeah. able to split that into two means that you can run down more yes. of those rabbit holes that would have just hit the cutting room floor. Yep. And see, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. I'm not a big sci-fi fiction reader or whatever. Okay. I don't really read anyway, but you know, I'm, no. I will say that – okay, so I posted it on Facebook to go watch it, and then it, it spurred like a ton of comments. People were going oh, back and forth. The haters. And, 
that well, some people were like it was it sucked. I couldn't get into it, but then other people were saying it was awesome. So most people said it it was awesome. But one person did ask that question: How did it? Um, how was it to the adaptation to the book? And a couple of people who are like super fans, like I know that they're super fans of Dune, said that it was the best representation of the wow. book. Wow! So see, I yeah. haven't watched or listened to it either. Listen to the book, I mean. Um. So yeah, I'm interested. I might do the reverse where I watch the movie and then listen to the book. Oh, there you go. That'd be cool. Yeah, I could definitely listen to the book. I think I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I would I would say yeah. See the see the 2021 version of the movie. I think you'll be very very happy with it. It was yeah. it was like it was like uh, reminded me of the first time I saw Star Wars. Oh, really? Nice. Wow, that's high praise. Is it? Yeah. Uh, PG thirteen. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, there's nothing in it that okay. was there was there was literally nothing in it that I wouldn't feel comfortable watching yeah. with my children or my parents. Nice. Wow. Okay, so cool. That's awesome. So I uh, I reached out to you guys maybe a week or so ago for uh, book recommendations. I had some audible credits that I needed to burn, and uh, coincidentally, didn't take any of your advice. But <laughs> <laughs> why would you? <laughs> why the hell would I? From people who don't read books, <laughs> admittedly. <laughs> but uh, I just finished Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. Okay. I didn't know he wrote a book. That's interesting. He did. Does he talk about his Lexus in it? He talks about uh, what what is it that he drives? Kinds of crazy shit. He is the uh, uh, Minister of Culture at, I I believe it's Texas A&M, maybe, or Texas Texas State. I don't know. Yeah, he's from, Uh, I think he's from Austin or something. Yeah, big, big Texas guy. But he goes pretty deep, I will say. Um, he has been journaling since he was young, like high school young, even younger, and saved every one of them. And, and I guess the story goes that he kind of combed through all these journals to, and, and pulled out life advice and, you know, all that kind of shit from it. But it kind of amounts to um, stories about his life. And I'll tell you what, I didn't know much about the, the man. What a crazy fucking life. Holy cow. You know, it just, he totally dumb lucked his way into acting and from there made, you know, more money than God, like, you know, fuck you kind of money. And what that's afforded him the ability to do over time is just phenomenal. You know, Uh, his parents, his parents were married and divorced three times to each other. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. His father always used to say, he said, he goes, my dad always used to say when we were boys, you know, he's like, I'm going to die making love to your mother. And it turns out that is exactly how the man fucking died. (laughs) Right in the middle of a climax, he had a massive heart attack and kicked the bucket right there, boner in the air, you know, (laughs) just that's, that is how the guy went out. (laughs) Of the ways to go out that, I mean... It ain't bad. (laughs) It'll be like, you know, a little bit of blue balls, but you won't feel a thing. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, just kind of crazy, just some of the shit that he gets into. And it's got some good... um, I wouldn't say it's... I don't know. It's It it was at times hard to find the, like, motivational speaker parts. Uh, But nonetheless, his philosophy is that 
you know, uh, life's about green lights and uh, turning yellow and red lights into green lights okay. um, and how to how to overcome and all that. Now, I don't have FU money, so I can't go on walkabout in the middle of Africa like he did, you know, and uh, or eat mushrooms for a month in California desert and uh, sweat out all my troubles. But (laughs) there are some good nuggets in there. And I've I've got queued up right now, uh, Dave Grohl's book. Um, That I imagine will be a crazy story. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good one. What is that called? The Storyteller. And then also Nick Offerman has a new book out called, oh, as I start to play it, where the, where the deer and the, where the deer and the antelope play pastoral observations of one ignorant American who loves to walk outside. (laughs) Okay. So book recommendations if anybody gives a shit well audible books but yeah i was gonna say i mean who reads? i have a lot of podcasts that i listen to in the shop but i'm always yeah. looking for new things to entertain my brain with while i'm working so yeah and you know reading uh or listening to audiobooks it's it's much different i find than podcasts it's kind of weird because you get pretty deep into it and uh, mm-hmm. to have that same story going all day you know podcast breaks up and put on a different right. one or whatever but yeah yeah kind of cool so brian let me go ahead and change the subject uh switch gears as you say why the hell don't i see more people using a2 tool steel oh well, i don't know i mean it's it's the first steel that i ever purchased to make a, a knife i mean uh it's simple to use air quench. You don't need oil. Um, it, I will say, I don't know. I, is it, um, is it, it like can, pine? It, can cor- <laughs> it is kind of like pine. I think people don't think of it as a knife steel. Uh, really? Typically. Why is it? Um, Why is that? Because that, you know, it's tool steel, but well, the name uh, says it. <laughs> it, it, the name says tool steel. Here's what I will say. It definitely, can give you some corrosion issues. Although I will say it's not, not any different than 80 CRV two. I've, I've had the exact same experience with it. Um, I, I think a lot of people are not as familiar or weren't as familiar with quite uh, plate quenching mm-hmm. as they were, as they are now. I think people are very used mm-hmm. to plate quenching now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before people would air cool tool steel, like on an air table or something like that. Yeah. And it would warp. So see, Here's here's what I'm thinking. So I'm using A2 tool steel for the first time with this giant eight and a half inch barbecue knife where the guy basically said, hey, I want a knife that I can, you know, cut a chicken in half or defend my house with. And, <laughs> Make uh, Lorena Bobbitt proud. <laughs> that's actually this, the same knife. If you saw that one uh, reel that I put out where I had the big forged knife and I ended up cracking a big section of the uh, blade section out. I don't know if you saw yes. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the second time around on that one, and I'm, I'm doing it out of A2 instead of um, 1084. And all I've used for high-carbon steels is 1080, or the 10-series steels and W2. And I've had a hell of a time with warps, and you know, obviously the, that stuff rusts really easily. So I'm using this A2 tool steel for the first time, and thank you, Brian, so much for all of the help, you know, jumping on that call and telling me how to do that and you know getting it getting it done right it's pretty easy isn't it 
But holy cow, you you heat treat it just like you know regular. You know you you go through your um you know your heating and you, I did my hot stamp in it, and you know I went through the normalizing cycles and then I heated it up about to the same quenching temperature as I would with the ten series steel. But instead, I put it in that aluminum press, which I I made myself. I have a YouTube video on how to make one of those. And it cost, what, maybe $50 to make? I mean, the most expensive part is the aluminum um, plates. And, like, it came out laser straight. I mean, the straightest knife I've ever had, you know, made, quenched. It came out laser straight. And then, I mean, I just ground bevels into it, into it today. And I'll admit, it took a little bit longer to grind in bevels because it's so hard and it's so tough. But I imagine that only means that it's going to be a more, you know, it'll hold an edge better. I mean, it it has to be better, right? I, I guess. I mean, I I love A2. It's cheap as well. Yeah. It's really inexpensive. Um, I bought a whole bunch of it. I still use it. All the shop scalper, scalpels are made out of A2. Uh, like any kind of EDC knives that I make is all out of A2. And I got that rec. I can't remember who recommended it to me initially, yeah. but they were, mm. they told me essentially that it's like really cheap and easily accessible. Yeah. And you don't need oil to quench it. Uh, right. The A it and the air old. and the A, the A stands for air quench and A2 tool steel. Wow. It sounds so, a lot like now, pine in woodworking. It, it is. It's kind of like boring, you know, like People it'll do, like, you know? Yeah. So, uh, here's the thing, you know, um, Jason Knight made ADCRV2 really popular, but it's really yeah. just Swiss tool steel. So if you yeah. if you look back and it's uh, I don't know if they remarketed it or rebranded it as ADCRV2, it's the same composition steel as Swiss really? tool steel that was made in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, it's the same thing, and it's just it's under a different name. I think the popularity of steel comes and goes like trends you know people now, use it here's my question with the uh, corrosion resistance on it so when i would use my 10 series steels um you know i'm i'm grinding with the the um the misting system on my um broadback with the bevel jig the tr maker bevel jig so I, I grind one one side of the blade down and i go through 36 60 120 to 220 and then I flip it over to do the other bevel. And normally when I'm grinding on that, on the other bevel, obviously I have the, the water misting directly on what I just cut. So when I did the 10 series steel, by the time I finished, the, the side that I had just, the, the original side, the original bevel that I cut would be completely covered with a, a flash rust. I ground on that thing even longer today on A2. I ground one side. And then I flipped around and I maybe spent an extra 10 minute, 10 minutes grinding the bevel, but it didn't rust. Well, that's because it's got five, it's 5% chromium. So it's like, you know, it's got a little bit more corrosion resistant. I, I don't, I, you know, honestly, man, I think you're right. I don't know why people don't use it. I, so I, it's hard. It gets, it, it obviously is up there in the Rockwell hardness because it took longer to put in the same bevel. And it oh yeah, it's rust really tough steel. Yeah, no, it's really tough steel. Does it not hold an edge? Like, what? What's the downfall? Like, what's the thing? <laughs> I don't know. All my kitchen knives are made out of A two. I mean, except for the my Japanese stuff, which is all ADCRV two and stainless. But right, it's probably uh, just no, that. I love it. Yeah, I'm it's... I'm just on the A two A two train right now. Like, I'm thinking I might just buy that from here on out. 
if you're going to go high carbon, yeah, it's a great option. Um, I like the fact that you can air quench it. And it's yeah. very, Seems very, nice. very simple to air quench. And you don't have to worry about warps. I mean, I'm not seeing a downside right now. I mean, I, if I, you're it does out- decarb a lot. So, like, if when you're heat treating it and if you've ever tried to forge it, you will hate yourself. So, like, uh, don't don't try to forge it because it, you, it's really, really tough to even just do, use a rounding hammer to try to thin it out. It's... Unless you have see, a so here's my thing. All all of my all of my forge knives, I'll stick with my ten series, but all of my stock removal, switch to A two. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, you're not going to dip it in oil anyway, so it's not going to get that dark, you know, outer core anyway, really. Uh, unless, uh, but yeah, it, uh, you really the one thing you really want to pay attention to with A two, especially heat treating it in a forge, is decarb because it yeah. will just. It will shed a lot of carbon, and and so and for anyone listening who was going to attempt A two, Brian and I had a long phone call talking about heat treating it. It's really simple to understand. It's just like the ten series, you know, bring it up to non magnetic, and then air quench it, and do that in plates so that it doesn't warp. But you want to do it before you grind because Absolutely, the yeah. first you know half a millimeter everywhere is going to be shit steel because it's lost its carbon. Um, I I heat treat in a kiln with argon to offset that so i don't have to worry about it so much but the first few knives i ha- did do that with a2 and it i thought i wasn't getting them hard and it was because the outer layer of that steel had just leached its carbon out and it wouldn't get hard everything underneath it was fine so, so. here was my fix to that so i made the knife an extra like millimeter taller so like the the heel was an extra millimeter tall all the way across the blade like the cutting edge, so that I would be able to grind that little bit of soft, what you're saying is soft steel away to get back down to the yeah. core. Yeah, it makes sense. But when, as soon as I pulled it out, I let it sit in my, I let it set in the air or in the uh, aluminum press for, I mean, shoot, it had to have been about a half an hour. And I did this on one of the live streams. I forget who was on with me at the time, but I went ahead and pulled that thing out. And I ran a file over it, and it it skated all the way across, oh, okay. no problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, I I, I don't know if I'm. Ju- did you a, normalize maybe it I just at got all? Super. Oh yeah, I, I did uh five uh, normalizing cycles in decreasing from you know pretty red to a little bit under that, all the way down to just barely glowing. Yeah. So you did it right. Yeah. Nice job, by dude. The way. I'm I'm on the A2 high right now. I'm I'm all about it. I got a I'm bunch of that more. stuff. Yeah, yeah, you should buy. It. <laughs> I I got like twenty sheets of it, like they were three feet long by six inches wide. Oh wow, that's what I make all my that's hog splitters out of. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah, six <laughs> inches. And so and and uh, I was making hog splitters out of them because I found that steel. I got the the entire sheet six by thirty six for ten dollars a piece. Oh. and it was. Uh, 0.187, which is three sixteenths of an inch thick. Holy so it was like cow. perfect. Yeah, it was like it was fantastic. It was like a great. It was onlinemetals.com or something. Onlinemetals.com. Like I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, so I got a bunch of it. So I bought a. I bought twenty sheets of it. Holy shit! Because <laughs> I use it for like I use it for my lathing tools as well. So like yeah. if I make a custom lathe, uh, bit for my or tool for my uh for for turning things. I just make it custom one out of A2, and then I heat treat it right there. Now, I feel super long, nerdy when I do that, by the way. Mad now, how scientist long, shit. 
how long have you used those tools? Like, obviously, they're holding up long enough. Yeah, like I have not. I have about three knives on my magnet that are some of my original knives that I made uh, when I first started knife making three years ago. So now I'm talking about your tooling, like oh, the, uh, tooling for yeah. your lathing. I don't lay that often. I okay. th- th- that okay. stuff is it holds up. But the cool thing about it is, is like if you burn the tip on one, you can just take it over to the grinder and regrind in your tip, like gr- grind away the burnt up stuff, and then yeah. everything underneath it is still good. You know? Wow. Yeah, it's cool so, shit, man. Yeah, I'm, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'm all over it right now. I'm I'm gonna be switching over everything. So speaking of onlinemetals.com, I happened to uh, hear on another podcast a maker, Austin, from High Caliber Craftsman. Is his handle High Caliber Craftsman Builds? I don't know if you guys follow him, but really awesome stuff. This guy makes everything and anything. He's got a basically a full-blown machine shop. Um and also does woodworking and all kind of stuff like that. But um, a couple of weeks ago, he had a high caliber camp that he called it and uh, had about a dozen makers come over to his place. Folks flew in from Canada all over the place and uh, online metals provided a bunch of metal for them. They made big, um, they made some kind of a big knife. I can't remember what it was at this point, um, but a big old knife. And, uh, they had like two or three different projects that they all made, you know, and a lot of folks didn't have, uh, experience forging or making knives or playing on the lathe or this, that, or the other thing. And just basically got a dozen people together and had kind of a half-ass maker camp, uh, at his place. And I thought, man, how cool is that? Um. But yeah, high caliber craftsman in online metals. I guess online metals, and I don't know much about them, but I guess you can order like s- small pieces or big orders. I don't. I don't know. Are you guys familiar with them much? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I bought. I bought some stuff from them. They, I think they reached out to me a little while back about yeah. doing a, like a doing a collab or something. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, th- them and Metals Depot, Metal yeah. Metal Deep Metal Depot dot com wanted to do something with me too, and uh-huh. I just. So I he, just have uh, a hard time working with this corporate. I don't know how you do it. I I just I yeah. feel like if if it's not a necessity, I shouldn't do it. If that That's makes sense. Kind of yeah. how I've done it is that um, I've only ever um, I've initiated most of it, so I'm always going after a tool that uh, would would be a game changer in my shop. Right. From time yeah, to time, something like the the router table comes in, or something like that, where it's you know them saying, "Hey, could you do something with this?" But I've turned down more you know more of those than I've taken. Um, I had somebody try to send a a, a a fucking oh what do you call it a sliding table saw to my shop that literally takes um, you know a twenty by twenty. Uh, foot area <laughs> it would fill my whole shop it would have been the only tool i could have had in my shop and i'm like no <laughs> like i'm not i am not put, <laughs> not taking your tool stop it yeah um so i want to speak directly to online metals and what was it metal <laughs> depot brian yeah. house turned you down i understand yeah. you know i i would be sore yeah. about it i i totally get it 
Yeah. My name's Brian Cohn. Hit me up. <laughs> I'm here to do fucking business, baby. Come on, guys. Come on. Let's do this thing. All right. Well, on that note, yeah, anybody that wants to give Brian anything, let yeah. me say a couple of things we need. Brian needs. He needs a, he needs a kiln. So if you're with yeah. Even Heat or you're with Paragon, get get with Brian. He definitely needs a kiln. Oh, my God. Also, uh, Pickle Cutters needs a kiln. And, in fact, yes, uh, um I was thinking about doing uh, some sort of fundraiser project to get him a kiln. Yeah. Um, would be kind of fun to try to do that for him uh, as like a Christmas gift to see if like we could get everybody together. Cause a kiln is ridiculously expensive and yeah. it's like, uh, it's such a, ne- not a necessity for a knife maker, but, but for, the shit that he does that Nick yeah. does, man, he is always there. I don't know where he so would put many it. People. He's a small shop too, so he like does. I don't know where he would put it, but I I definitely think he deserves one. So if anybody out there has any ideas on how to, I don't know how we would go about generating that kind of money. Like it's mm-hmm. like probably like between twenty five hundred and thirty five hundred dollars US. I would yeah. think something like that. So it's that's a lot of money to generate, but well, there's got to be a way to do it. Time right and uh, see my my whole goal or my way of doing that is I I made this Bowie knife and I'm raffling it off. <laughs> yeah, uh, go to beconeknives.com. That money's that money is gonna go towards two things. Uh, maybe a ring for Emily's finger. Maybe uh, yeah. you know. One of these fancy ass kilns. I don't know. Yep. Have you guys seen um, the Maker Community Project? Uh, so this was uh, Mike from Veteran Wood Co. A while back, uh, I think I sent you guys the link uh, to a little fundraiser he was doing to raise some money for a guy who was actually, I believe, in a wheelchair and uh, ended up cutting himself on a table saw. Oh, still, wow. still woodworking in a wheelchair. And uh, Mike from Veteran Woodco raised a, raised a, enough money to to get the guy a saw stop table saw, and uh, sent it to his shop without the guy knowing it was coming and everything else. Well, Mike had been at that time trying uh, researching and trying to figure out how best to start doing something like that on the regular, and he partnered up with you know, a lot of big name YouTubers and really did a ton of work behind the scenes and recently turned it into a full blown, uh, 403B nonprofit. And he's partnered up with a a couple of handfuls of folks like, uh, Derek from Malden and, uh, you know, a number of other, uh, guys in the community, guys and gals in the community. And, uh, basically, yeah, they're, they're raising funds just in general uh, I don't think they have any applicants uh, in particular that they're raising money for right now. But if you go to um, themakercommunityproject.org, you can actually uh, nominate somebody or you could donate. They're raffling off a CNC machine, um, a Stepcraft CNC machine. And I think you buy a t-shirt and that gets you an entry or something like that. I can't remember. But uh Really good stuff. I mean, just seeing more and more of that stuff come about. And if there's ways we can get involved, I think it'd be really cool. Sure. Really cool. Yeah, I also had this uh, – the podcast is running long, but I don't think people care. In fact, I get the messages all the time. They're like, you could do a two- or three-hour show. I'd listen we could. To yeah. Man. Um, one of the things go, I – Yeah, right. Here we go. Uh, one of the things uh, that um, – 
I had thought about because I built a grinder for the guys over at um, the Art of Craftsmanship, and I I'm sending it to them. Yeah, I saw uh, that. That's awesome. You, yeah, you yeah. had sent them one initially, right? Yeah, they um, have my yeah. the last handmade one that I nice. ever made. Yeah, so they Such have good that dudes. one. Yeah, really good guys, and um, I love them very much. The, and I love their work. Uh, so anyway, I'm sending them a gen four with all the bells and whistles. Cause they're using like a single phase motor with no speed control and all that jazz. Well, most so, of like, the time I see him using his fucking Harbor freight thing. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely uses that Harbor freight a lot. Uh, I know, and we got to give I, him some shit. Yeah, definitely. But I, but he uses the revolution a lot too. So I, I like yeah. that as well. So, uh, I'm sending him all bells and whistles, but I thought about this and you guys tell me if this is a good idea or not, but. What if we did like a maker of the year thing where oh. you you could nominate somebody. You can't nominate yourself. You have to have somebody <laughs> nominate you, yeah. Brian Cohn. Uh, <laughs> Come so, on now. <laughs> Come on. Uh, and, and so it's a maker of the year award type deal. And we would yeah. get all the other podcasts involved. We'd get, yep. you know, Knife Talk and those guys. The hardest and we would working. Whip, uh, yeah, the hardest working, you know, you nominate somebody and then – you know, I would build them a grinder, you know, we would do yeah. a bunch of stuff. You know, we would yep. get a bunch of sponsors together, like people yep. who would send them tools and all that. That's wow. something sponsors would get behind 110%. So and just about every sponsor that I work with would probably happily jump on board. Either and this, this is where you shine, Ben, because you have yeah. all these connections with these vendors. I'm that willing you could, to exercise them. Yeah. And you're going to have some free time coming up. So I was thinking 100%. like, what if... 2022 like sometime we'll start the campaign you know like first quarter of 2022 yeah, but okay. the 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 actual you know nomination or whatever would happen sometime around this time of year yeah holiday and then going holiday, holiday type deal and you know because and you know i i i don't want to say this to sound off-putting or anything um as somebody who you know, suffers from an ailment myself. There are a ton of things like this to help those that are, you know, stricken by health problems, but there's not a whole lot of uh, rewards that go out there for folks who are just like the best damn community members that you would ever want to have, you know? And I think to me, like highlighting someone like that like a Nick Tobin or somebody that's a, a hardworking son of a bitch that always, I was their say, phone's I was, always open, you know, like that's, you don't see a lot of that. And I would love I was going to say Pickle Cutters was going to be my first nomination. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he would be definitely on the list. There's, there's just all yeah. these guys that, you know, that would, that yep. could benefit from something like this. And then the exposure that they would get as well. So we'd have to like whittle it down to like 10 and then whittle it down yeah. to five and then whittle it mm. down to two, how that would work. I don't know. I don't know how we do that. If it's a voting some... system or something like that. Mm. Or... That could, that, that could work. Or you have, a, it, you have a committee, well, a panel be, or. Yeah. It, beco it becomes a, 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 a popularity. A, popularity. Yes, exactly. Thank you. And, and I, right. I just don't want that really. Some I would the... rather there be like a like you said like a panel of people yeah. who kind of go over it i have yeah. an idea here so instead of nominating a person and naming them you write up what this person is and of course when you when you enter it to us you know you 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 give a, you give the full write up like 
you know, Nick, for instance, Nick Tobin, he is a guy in Canada. You don't even want to know that. Um, He's working on a small shed. He's got this, that, and the other. He busts his ass. He's a part of a podcast. You know, give us, you know, all the pros and then send in that. And of course, and then we could do a a blind uh, voting system where we put up basically a little paragraph. You know, this is what this person is. And then you're supposed to read through those ten people and vote on the one you think would be the best. And that the and then at the end we can put names to the paragraphs mm-hmm. and know who won. But I still don't know if you'd want to like open voting like to the whole community or anything, right? Because just I don't know. I I still have that suspicion, like Brian was saying, that it becomes you know people sniff it out pretty quick, and yeah, uh, yeah. and then you get the flood on the market. And that's where I wonder if you say, okay, we've got the three dudes from the work for it podcast, the art of, you know, maybe it's within makery network is the judging or you extend out beyond that. You know, we grab 15 folks or something total and we set, maybe you set criteria, you know, like, um, impact on the community, you know, how, you know, how, impactful are they do you see them helping people do you see them uh or do you hear about them answering questions or do you see them commenting on a lot of videos with meaningful advice or that kind of thing um you know you could have maybe three or four criteria uh that you set voting on but Mm. i don't know it We'll have, to, we'll have to brainstorm. More I love on this. this idea. I love. I really idea. do. Love I think that idea. would be a, an idea that a lot of people in the community would get behind, and yep. it's also a way to bring somebody up and slingshot them a little bit. Yeah. So you know, yeah. um, it's kind of like that extreme home makeover thing. Yeah. You know, like where yeah. you know one family gets to cho- you know chosen. I don't know how they pick them, and then you know the whole thing. They get a new house. This uh, it, it could be something similar like that, where they get a whole new you know set of tools and you know yep, things sure. that they could really need. Yeah. I think just from the admin standpoint, it would need somebody like you, Ben, who would yeah. be able to go out and find the vendors to actually do the work and then uh, you know like this panel would pick the people i like the pepsi challenge idea but i do think that it does require us to dig into the person's social media and their connections and like what they're doing and you know that we pick the proper person to 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 win the thing so well it fits well with me i you know i think i I, I, like you said i'll have some time coming up for some of that more administrivia type stuff and uh so yeah let's jam jam more on it and see where, where we go it, it's kind of reminded me way back when i first came on the show we talked a little bit about like um tool swap and and you mm, know yeah. guys clean out their shops and you got like i got a damn miter saw sitting out in front of my shop right now that uh just i don't have room for right now i don't want it in my shop right now i'm trying to sell on facebook right now but if somebody paid shipping i'd send it to you you know um just those kinds of things that uh i don't know if we can facilitate it'd be great but it does take a lot of time yeah it does and and so maybe if you are listening to this and you resonate with the project help us execute it and can help us execute it. Shoot us a message. Uh, you can find me at, I changed my Instagram handle. So I'm housemade.us now. 
Okay. Uh, I'm no longer house underscore underscore work. That was always hard to explain to people. Are you going to get rid of one or three accounts? Or so I I did going? the old. I did the old shuffle. So I yep. shut down the housemade.us account, waited 14 okay. days, and then changed my house underscore underscore work account to housemade.us. Oh, cool. So I didn't lose cool, any cool. of my followers on that end and stuff. And I figured out, I uh, uh, real quick, I don't know why this popped into my head, but Brian, remember you were telling, this will help somebody else out there. You were telling me that the reels uh, on Instagram has really shitty music choices. Yeah. That- I. Uh, let me tell you, I real I found out why. Why? So if you're listed as a professional account oh, yep, yep, on Instagram, yep. Don't hold do on. It. <laughs> hold on though, hold on. There's a workaround. Oh. If you change the category away yep. from anything else other than entrepreneur, if you list yourself as an entrepreneur, they will give you the full music library to use. Okay. If so you're a professional I do... account. I was just looking because I I noticed that if you're a business account, then yeah, it it, it limits you. I'm a, I'm listed as a creator account. Yeah, that's what I switched over to. And as well. I have the full. See, I was gonna do that, but music. I my website integrates with I think Instagram. You still can. Yeah. Can you, you? still okay. can? Because now I lost uh, uh, I lost my store because I only had it hosted on Facebook. You know I. And now the way, uh, who was it? Infinite Craftsman and I were bitching about this. There's another guy. Check out Infinite Craftsman. He's challenged himself to design, produce, and sell a hundred different products in the next year. Whoa! And, and, and I believe he'll do it. He's, he's got some at awesome like number 3D 30, printed stuff, man. thirty something. Yeah, and he's like three D printing shit, and it's great because his stories are like. It's like opening the top of his head and looking into his thought process. It's just like, hold on, I'm I'm looking him up right now. Give me a second. Infinite. Oh, his, his Instagram channel is awesome. He He's makes kick-ass. some really, really yeah. cool, really interesting tooling, yes. 3D printed tooling that are like bit holders and things like that that you wouldn't even think about. But then yeah. you're like, damn, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? And he's got a podcast with some of those uh with uh, uh what's his name um son of a junk hunter um oh shenanigans I can't remember his name but they've got a they've got a cool podcast it's really quirky um it's it's almost like a produced show almost like a game show and they're always you know kind of um I don't know like in the middle of the show they'll be like hey Brian sidebar and and as soon as you say the word sidebar, it's as if the other person left the room. So they'll like talk about the other person, and it's <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hey Ben, real... sidebar. Yeah, Brian like, Cohn Brian looks I... like Santa Claus. Yeah, that doctor. Oh Cohn, wow, what a man. burn you got me there. I hear he's studying parkology. <laughs> but uh, oh, it's Tanda. I can't remember her name, but there's three three of them on the show. Really cool, and they take a topic. Or, or or a skill, I guess. Like I think the last one was engraving, um, and then they just deep dive into engraving, and uh, you know, it's really cool. They've had guests on lately, and pretty pretty neat show. Took me a little while. I had to listen to a couple episodes before I was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty good. And I'm just looking for the name, but yeah, good stuff. 
The last one with, uh, what's his name, was Making Our Way. That was with uh, the dude I mentioned with Online Metals. And Maker Skills is the one that Infinite Craftsman co-hosts and is a pretty good show. Well, listen, I am we did it. fully wiped out. I actually <laughs> smell like smoke still because I haven't showered <laughs> oh, yet. Shit, so I'll I, bet, I'm, man. I'm sitting here like smelling like a campfire. So I'm gonna cut the <laughs> cut the podcast. It's yeah, like just, what time is it? It's like nine thirty at night. It's yeah, awesome. we're, it's yeah, it's great. We decided to record late. Uh, Came today, back with a vengeance, and then we raged. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm I'm like half in the half in the sack already because I'm like ready to go to bed. But uh, yeah, it's late. I, I almost said like half it. in the bag, but I haven't had any alcohol today, so <laughs> I think that doesn't work. But uh, but listen, hey, listen, I appreciate you guys as always, and I you really do appreciate too. it. If you have listened to the Work for it podcast. Or you support us in any other ways by watching our YouTube videos or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it might be. We truly appreciate you as well. For a dollar a month, you can support us on Patreon.com. That helps us buy new equipment. Helps us. Um, we're we're really looking to um, this year to get some uh, trombone polish for there it uh, is for Brian's <laughs> trombone. We need we need funds for that. And, and you uh, got uh, you got four days. We'll give it to the end of the month. Four days. To become a patron and get in on the work for it EDC tray. Oh man, Dude. that is so. So if you join now, you have four more days to join in. Ben will include you in yep. the uh, Patreon giveaway. So that's awesome, Ben. Thank you so much for doing that. As always, I truly appreciate your work, and I hope you have a great working week ahead and even better weekend in your workshops. My name is Brian House. I'm Brian Cohn. And I'm not Brian, I'm Ben Butler. <laughs> and this has been the Work For It podcast. We truly, truly appreciate you guys. Have a great week. See you yeah. guys. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye. We can actually goodbye. do it now. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. 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 Adios. Goodbye. Hey, goodbye. Get out of here. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>